This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Today is Halloween! Well, it's the 31st day of the month. This is the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And this is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. You are listening to this program either on the new Christendom Daily Podcast or you are subscribed and you're paying a fee at crusadechannel.com. You can still, maybe, I don't know if the King Dude will let you in, you can still listen for free if you go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot, P-A-R-R-O-T-T, and you type in my last name as the promo code, he may still let you in the boat. Today is the last day of October. It is Reformation Day if you're a Protestant, someone who protests the authority of the Catholic Church. Um, it is also All Hallowed Eve, if you are a Catholic, or a High Christian, someone who still observes the liturgical year. Many of you don't. Many of you evangelicals have totally dispensed with all rules, uh, and all customs, and all traditions, and all everything. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about Halloween tonight, but this, by the way, Mike Parrott here, I am your host. Broadcasting every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. From the RTF studio in the heart of America. You can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. Um, I am glad to be with you today. We're going to be talking about Zionism a little bit and some other things that have come up in the news as well. We're going to talk about Ron DeSanctimonious a bit. Possibly we'll get into Vivek. I'm just, my eye is, ca- is, is, uh, captured by Vivek. I keep listening to some of the things that he's saying. And I can't say that I disagree with all of them which is an exciting moment for me. However, I still have to be a little bit skeptical, ladies and gentlemen. I have to be the professional skeptic for you. I have to be the voice of reason. I have to be that little voice inside your head that refuses to accept the thing. You know what I'm talking about? The little voice inside your head. He's like the guardian. Whenever you hear a new idea, there's like a guardian standing at the gate of your mind. And that guardian says... Is this true? Is this logical? Or is this not? Well, I have, to, I have to supply that to you. That's why you listen to this illustrious program. And that's why you're a member of the illustrious community of Crusaders. Crusaders who have been part of this crusade for a long time. And who have tolerated me, a newcomer, uh, to this channel. However, you know, I've done... Almost 150 broadcasts for you. I've been affiliated with this channel loosely now for quite some time. I've filled in for the King Dude before. On and off. On occasion for the last year or two or three. And I am starting to feel more and more connected to this audience. And I welcome the new folks to the audience. 
especially the RTFers who have joined, because you are in for a wild ride. You're not only getting one full hour a day of Paratalk when you sign up, but you also will get two, three, four hours of the King Dude, plus other stuff, including Ryan Grant, who has a show on here on occasion. Saints and Smokes, or Smokes and Saints, Smoking with the Saints, I don't know. He's smoking, he's talking about Saints. It's alliteration, ladies and gentlemen, is where you start two words with the same sound. Smoking and Saints. And by the way, I think there will be more added to this channel as time goes on. So I'm glad to be with you. And with that preamble out of the way, can we talk about Halloween for just a little bit? Because here's the thing. Tonight is Reformation Day for the Protestants. They love Reformation Day. They love to protest. They hate the Catholic Church. They love how they feel about their religion. But they love most of all shirking the responsibility due to tradition. The, the, the Roman Catholic Church makes the unique claim, which no other religion on planet Earth claims, which is that it was particularly and specifically founded by Jesus Christ, and that its first earthly leader, a.k.a. Pope, was St. Peter when he was given the keys to the kingdom. Our Lord considers the various forms of governance of the church. He says, who do people say that I am? Who do the people say that I am? The people, democracy. And then later on he says, but who do you say that I am? You, the aristocracy. You, the aristocrats. You, the elite. The disciples, the apostles. And he considers that as a form of government as well. Aristocracy, valid, valid form of government. And then Peter answers, you are the Christ, son of God. You have the words of eternal life. To whom else can we go? And our Lord answers him, You are the rock. And I will give you the keys. And the sins that you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven. And the sins that you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Consider this. Second person of the Blessed Trinity telling a human being, a creature, a creation, if you forgive the sins on earth, I will forgive them in heaven. If you bind them on earth, I will bind them in heaven. I will share in the redemptive power. My coming to earth, my incarnation with you, Peter, Later on, the other sacraments are confected and conferred. 
and the power to confer and confect those sacraments is given to the first bishops. Now, today, on the, tw- on the 31st day of October, every single year, we contend with a protest against Holy Writ, against tradition, against the Christian church in general. Now, today, we contend with those who hate the church. And there are two types of people who hate the church. There are those types of people who hate the church because they want to set up a competitor church, i.e. Protestants, and there are those types of people who hate the church because they hate God. And those would be the pagans, the Satanists, those who will be out and about tonight conducting witchcraft, spells, sorcery, paganism, and feasting on the energy of young people who believe that they are out there very innocently trick-or-treating. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, today I am coming out against trick-or-treating. I am coming out strongly against it. I believe it is satanic. I believe it cooperates with the devil. I believe that a true and proper, upstanding Christian gentleman would never allow his children to do it. And I am here to tell you that we should avoid it at all costs. Some people will go out on a limb for trick-or-treating. In fact, you know, when I was on Wall Street, I worked with this young lady, this vice president, who didn't have children. She was married for many years, didn't have any children. And she said, you know, the one temptation I have to have a child. I said, what is it, Diane? What would tempt you to have a child? I was so excited that she was going to have a child. She said, the one reason I would like to have a child would be so that I can dress them up at Halloween. That would be the one reason I could think of to have a child. I said, I don't don't know if childbearing is in your future, Diane. I really don't. I'm just not so sure if that's what you really want to do. Can you imagine that? The one reason to have a child, not to protect the child, not to witness the child growing up, not to rear him or her, raise him or her in the faith, add an eternal soul to the glory of the cloud of witnesses, the, the communion of saints, not for the child's baptism or confirmation into the church, not for the wedding Not for grandchildren, not for the continuation of the family name, not for any of those reasons. But the idea that I might dress my child up for Halloween in cute little costumes. No, Diane, I don't think you're right. This, if you're, you're actually wondering if this is a real story, this is a real story. If I had a Bible on my desk right now, I would put my hand on it. I'm telling you this was a real story. This happened. This, these are the kinds of people that work in high finance. And by the way, she wasn't even like a brain donor. 
I mean, she was. She was a brain donor. She was. She was not an intelligent. She was not a high IQ person. Yet somehow she made it. <sighs> Diane, still, to my knowledge, has not produced any offspring. So there you have it. Can you imagine reducing the splendor of an eternal soul, the love of a child, the maternal bond between mother and child, the sacrifice, the love, the pride, the blood? Just reducing all of that down to a Target costume. Oh, it's so cute. Where'd you get that, Target? Oh, yeah, I saw that on the shelf, too. I just didn't buy it. Oh, I did. I, I, I just I, I just can't imagine that. I'm coming out forcefully against Halloween tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think you should participate in it. If you had made plans, cancel them. Today is the day I tell you to cancel your plans. Stay home. Turn your lights off. Today is a day of partial fasting and abstinence. We are praying for the dead. The entire month of November is dedicated to prayers for the dead. Tomorrow, Wednesday, is a holy day of obligation. We pray and sacrifice and celebrate the Feast of All Saints. We must go to Mass on, the, on November 1st. We must. And so I look back. And I say, pray and sacrifice. Partial fasting, partial abstinence, in effect. Why? Because we are preparing ourselves for a high feast, a splendid feast, one of the most important feasts in the church's liturgical year. Where does Halloween come from? Where does All Hallowed Eve come from? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to tell you a hard truth. Some of you are going to go to the mat with me and you're going to defend Halloween to the death because you freaking love it. Some of you love Halloween. You love All Hallows Eve. You try to baptize it and make it Catholic. You want to dress up as saints. You want to go to a Catholic dress-up party. Go on, go on the first. Because here's the hard truth. Every single time there is a feast day the night before a major feast, that comes from the Middle Ages when people lived the, not only the liturgical year, duh, but they lived the days according to the office. And they prayed Vespers. You, you hear about the Middle Ages as a time when people were like the Dark Ages and people couldn't read and you just couldn't do anything and nothing was built. Are you kidding me? The most splendid civilization ever to exist on planet Earth was built? Oh, illiteracy was high. Yes, these people were illiterate and yet they figured out how to pray the office in Latin and observe the hours. Ladies and gentlemen, our predecessors in the faith 
prayed the office. And yes, after Vespers, the next day technically begins. After Vespers, you can feast. If you're not praying Vespers, you're not feasting tomorrow night. I'm sorry. You don't get to have the cake and eat it too. For many of us families, for many of us men and women, for many of us lay Catholics who do not pray the office. Did you pray prime today? How about non? Did you pray Vespers last night? For those of us who don't live according to that schedule, the feast is the day of. The feast isn't anticipated the night before. If you're living next to a monastery, if you're living the monastic lifestyle, if you're living next to one and you go to the monastery and you pray the hours with the monks and you live the the liturgical life, fine. Start celebrating All Hallows' Eve, the eve of the hallowed ones. Hallowed means set aside, holy. A feast dedicated to the saints in heaven. All the saints in heaven. Fine. Celebrate it after Vespers if you must. That's fine. I'm good with that. Break the fast. Break the abstinence. Have a feast. Does that mean that you're going to dress up in costumes and run around at the witching hour when the witches are out, when the sorcerers are out, when the immodestly dressed? What is it with 30-year-olds dressing up for Halloween? What is that? Guys, 20 years ago, when you went to a Halloween store or a costume store or Party City or whatever it is, They didn't even sell adult costumes. Adult costumes weren't even a thing because people were mature. Now, more than half, I would say, in fact, the majority of people who celebrate Halloween and dress up in costumes are grown adults. What is this? This is Dia de los Muertos. This is Day of the Dead. That's what it is. Look, Say what you will about socialist, backwards, corrupt, run by the cartels, Mexico. At least we're talking about a Catholic people. And the perversion of the best is the worst. We know this. That's that's like a philosophical principle. And so the perversion of Al Hallowed Eve in Mexico is Dia de los Muertos. That's the Day of the Dead. That's where a lot of this demonic crap comes from. This worship of the devil, this worship of the dead, this worship of Satan, this satanic this satanic worship Um I I have to tell you that Father Martin with the Oblates of St. Augustine, the other night he relayed a story to me. He said that on October 21st, uh, 31st, on All Hallowed Eve, he was attending Mass in Rome. He lived in Rome. And he witnessed 
a satanic-looking person, receive our Lord in his hands, pretend to put our Lord in his mouth, then put our Lord into his pocket. Father Martin at the time, Brother Martin, confronted the man in the back of the church in Italian. And the man pulled out our Lord and crumbled him to dust and spread him into Father's brother's hands and the ground and wherever else. If you think that black masses are not happening tonight, you're wrong. If you think that your participation in the demonic, the satanic tonight is not feeding their energy, not cooperating with them in some way, you're wrong. I don't care if you go door to door dressed like St. Teresa of Lisieux. I don't care if you hand out miraculous medals when people come to your door. Any and what are you going to do? You're going to take a blessed object and give it to a pagan? What are you going to do? You're going to take a blessed object and shove it into a Snickers bar? Here, kid, choke on this blessed object. <laughs> That'll convert them. Don't try to defend your past life. Let the old man die. Get rid of this infatuation with scaring people, with death, with horror films, with butchering, with blood, with gruesome violence. I'm not saying not to think about death. In fact, we're about to spend the next 30 days thinking about death. And if I could find my little black book... I have it every year. If I can find it, I'm looking for it right now. We're going to think about death every day here on this program because that's what you signed up for. You have signed up for a show where a guy with a microphone who loves the church, who loves the tradition, who loves our ancient faith, who loves our Lord, just talks to you every day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Always on air, always online. It's the Crusade Channel. And I am here to tell you that if you plan to go to a Halloween party tonight, don't go. Don't go. Take a stand. Take a stand for our Lord. I think a lot of you out there who are listening, you probably have plans tonight. You may, you may not have known, but now you do. And I am as serious as a heart attack about this. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to be mindful of where we place ourselves. Some of you know that doing yoga is participating in an Eastern religion. How is it participating in an Eastern religion, you ask? Well, you are participating in an Eastern liturgy. Eastern spirituality, Eastern breathing, Eastern postures. It ultimately comes from the Hindus. It, it can open us up to demonic attack. In fact, it almost always does. And it is a very clever way 
that the devil has designed, and he has commercialized it, brought it to the United States. Practically everybody you know does yoga now. Oh, it's just stretching and breathing. No, it's not. There's no such thing as just stretching and breathing. Those postures, those techniques, those mental exercises are Eastern spirituality. That's Hinduism. It's participating in their religion. It's false religion, and it opens you up. It worships a demon, and it opens you up to demonic activity. So showing up to do yoga, participating in their liturgies, and their postures, and their uniforms, and their stretches, and their whatevers, is part of their religion. Okay, so showing up on Halloween, in their postures, in their costumes, in their liturgy, going door to door, is part of which religion exactly? Oh, you're dressed up as Spider-Man. Which religion is that? Is that a Christian religion? Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Marvel Comics? Stan Lee, a Jew? Fantasy? Written by a non-Catholic? That's your religion? Which religion is that? Spider-Man. Some of you hearing my voice right now are saying, gosh, this is too rigid. My, my children, we made costumes. We plan to go out. They're going to be deprived. Go out on the first. Go find a trunk or treat. Go find a parish All Saints party. Go out on November 1st and celebrate the feast day. Tomorrow is a feast day. Today is a fast day. How can you go out and knock on doors and hoard candy and sugar and go into diabetic shock on a fast day? You can't do that. Nobody can do that. That's not appropriate. Why would we do that? Can we not do that, please? It's inappropriate to the liturgical year. It's inappropriate to the divine office. And most importantly, it's inappropriate to our Lord. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. On the other side of the break, we'll get to American politics and maybe some global border crises that we have to cover. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean with that Titanic sub. Welcome back to Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online. Go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot and sign up if you haven't. Uh, this is your daily 10 a.m. Central Standard Time show. We broadcast from the heart of America in the RTF studio. And I am your humble host, Mike Parrot. Happy to be with you every single day, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. 
Ron DeSanctimonious is in the news right now. A couple interviews that he's done, which I think are noteworthy. I want to share them with you. Look, I don't hate Ron. I really don't. I'm not not a Ron hater. I'm not a Ron lover. I'm really, look, almost nobody in the Republican Party right now captures my attention. Besides... A vegan of all people, but we'll get to him. Here's Ron DeSantis on CNN just, uh, well, practically hours ago. You never talk about Trump himself. What do you make of Trump's character? Well, look, I mean, at, at the end of the day, to me, I'm about results and I'm about outcomes. I mean, Donald Trump's well documented the different the different things in that regard. Uh, for me, it's who's going to be able to deliver the results. I'll be able to do that uh, as the president. Uh, now, he did did some things I'll give him credit for, but he also promised things that he didn't deliver. So the question is, is moving forward, uh, how do you actually get America on the right track? How do we reverse this decline? And, and I think we need a new leader, someone that can serve eight years to two four year terms. Someone's going to be ready on day one to really be energetic have some vitality and some vigor, and get the job done. But that's not answering the question about his character. What do you make because of it's Donald not a Trump's concern, character? Because it's not a concern of mine. I mean, I Why think, is it not a concern? Think, You're running against him because you clearly believe that you should be president over him. Well, that's because I think I'd be a better president than he is. But, I mean, I don't need to, to take uh, pot shots I mean, at his character. I mean, some people like to do that. I focus on pot shot. The why, character why, of the president matters. Why I would be a better president, and I think the reasons are, is because I have a demonstrated record of delivering on 100% of my promises like I did in Florida. I'll be focused. I'll be disciplined. I'm not going to be distracted. It's not going to be about my issues. It'll be about the American people's issues day after day. And we have the prices are too high. The interest rates are too high. The border is wide open. Our military is not strong enough. Uh, We have crime in the cities, a big, big bureaucracy run amok. We have all these problems. We need to solve them. Donald Trump's not willing to show up. He's missing in action right now. He doesn't show up. When he does show up, he reads off the teleprompter for 50 minutes, and then he gets back on the plane and goes home. Uh, As voters are more keyed in, as we get closer to the holidays, uh, you're not going to be able to get away with with not putting in the work. Uh, So we're going to put in the work, and we're going to get the job done. Well, right now he is getting away with what you say is not putting in the work. I mean, he's leading the polls. Yeah, but that's because he's the most famous person running, 100% name ID. He's the person people know. When you actually drill down in these early states. Clearly, he's got some that'll vote for him no matter what, but there's a lot more that aren't going to vote for him in the primary. Then you got a lot of voters who, they like his policies, they like a lot about him, but they are willing to vote for somebody else. So it's incumbent upon a guy like me, go out and make the case. You never. T- Alright, so there he is. Ron DeSantis refusing, adamantly refusing to say anything negative personally about the Don. That's because Ron is hoping to be the vice president. Mike Pence ran against uh, uh, DJT45. Mike Pence is persona non grata. He has suspended his presidential campaign. You know, do I regret spending an entire segment last week talking about Mike Pence? I really don't. I don't because what I was telling you was that we are all witnessing his self-destruction in real time and it is it's really it's one of those weird things when you see somebody self-destruct in slow motion in the public eye it's like a train wreck a slow motion train wreck you can't take your eyes off of it it was really something that was fascinating to look at um he finally accepted it he accepted his demise 
I expect that the reason why he dropped out is because he didn't qualify for the debate, the upcoming debate. He qualified for the debate in terms of having more than 1% polling or whatever, but he probably didn't qualify in terms of having the, uh, the, the financial requisites. You have to have a certain number of donors and a certain amount of money raised, so it can't all come from one person. You can't just buy your way into the debate with one person. You have to have like a certain number of donors and also a certain financial threshold. And I don't think he met those things because nobody was donating to his campaign, which became fraught with debt, and uh, it looked like he was headed personally into a very bad financial situation. And so he just said, look... I'm just going to suspend. I'm going to step aside. Now, him stepping aside was lauded by Vivek Ravaswamsi and others. It is expected that his one and a half or two points are going to go to somebody like Nikki Haley, perhaps. Or maybe or maybe Ron DeSanctimonious. We don't know at this moment. Uh, but there, there was Ron unequivocal about his, he will not... Crack, he will not bend. He is not going to take a quote-unquote pot shot against Trump. He's not going to say anything um, negative about his character, the character of Donald Trump. He just said basically, like, you need someone who can do two terms. That's me. Trump can only do one term. You need someone who's going to fulfill all his promises, not just some of them. For example, building the wall. Now, I don't know if Ron DeSanctimonious has promised to build the wall, but Trump did, and he didn't get it done. Period. End of story. Now, since we're talking about Ron D. Sanctimonious, here's an interview with uh, 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 Patrick. Oh, who is this? PBD Podcast. Patrick B. David. You need to listen to this segment. Uh, this is just actually hours ago onto the internet from PB. David interviewing Rod DeSanctimonious. I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on, uh, 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 what do you call it? On, uh, uh, what was it? Bill Maher, and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And, and some people are wondering... How, what are they? I don't even. Under, so I haven't what, seen that. What there's, they've not shown this to you. Okay, no. what they're trying to say with this is that in your boots you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what no, trying no, to those say. are just standard off the rack um, Lucchese. Um, how, uh, how tall are you? Book, how tall are you, Governor? How tall? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah, 100%. you do. Yep. Okay, I got a gift for you. I'd love for you to wear. Okay, I shop at Ferragamo. Okay, and I got. I don't accept gifts. I can't accept I it. I totally get I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna <laughs> so Patrick David is pulling out a, a pair of Ferragamos. By the way, Ferragamos are very nice shoes. Okay, Italian leather Ferragamo. Ferragamo. I have a pair of Ferragamos, all right? Guilty. Look, I used to work on Wall Street. I had to have nice stuff. I still have a pair of Ferragamo shoes. I love them. I cherish them. I keep the shoe trees in them, the cedar shoe trees. I polish my Ferragamos. 
Uh, I probably am about a year away from needing to resole them. I'm going to keep those puppies in action. I'm going to pass them down to my sons. Don't hate on me for having a pair of fairgrounds. I don't care what you think. Fine. They were $600. Breaking news. Mike Parrott has $600 pair of shoes. Yes, sir, I do. And I love them. And I wear them to Holy Mass. And then I put them away. <laughs> I take the, I'm like Mr. Rogers. We get home, I take off the Ferragamos, and I put them away. So here we have a podcaster who's going to give a pair of Ferragamos to Ron DeSanctis. Try to get DeSanctimonious to put them on and then measure them. Are you really 5'11"? I don't think he's 5'11", guys. He has, he has like 5'8 energy to me. He has like 5'6 energy to me. It's okay. I look, I'm not saying anything against shorter people. That's fine. I'm six foot tall. On the mark. I was I did height and I'm weight. I'm sure you're marketing I, team. I, I did height and weight every single year, twice a year with the Marine Corps. I measured 72 inches. That's six feet. And then my weight changed a little bit over the years, slow slowly increasing as that happens to happen. I don't look down on him for claiming that he's... Look, 5'11 is a fine height. I mean, look, I'm kind of a hunter. I have to stand up straight and tall for people to know that I'm six feet. I kind of lean. That that might not get... That's not a good posture. Posture is one of those things that matters, I think. And I need to work on it. I really do. Posture is how you carry yourself. It's how you comport yourself. And it can become permanent. I don't want to lean forward. I want to be the old man that's hunched over, that's got a hump in his back. I'm not going to be that guy. I hope not. I probably will. But I don't want to be that guy. But I don't believe that Ron DeSanctimonious is 5'11". I don't. He has 5'6 energy all day long. I, look, I'm just, I'm just spitting facts here, people. This is just the vibe that I get from DeSanctimonious. Take that for what you will. Okay, um, can we move a little bit onward and upward? Can we go to this? I want to play you this Vivex uh, clip before we run out of time because I think he uses some buzzwords here that I need you to hear and then I need you to think about. Here's Vivek Ramaswamsi. Vegetarian Vivek, vegan Vivek. And so, yes, I think that you look at a given moment on what happens on the news on a given day and you're led to believe that we are a nation in decline. That we're at the end of the ancient Roman Empire and all we have left is to fight over the scraps of this shrinking pie. I don't think we have to be Rome. I don't think we have to be that nation in decline. I think as a nation, we're really all a little young, actually. Going through our own version of national adolescence. Figuring out who we're going to be when we grow up. And when you view it that way, it makes sense again. You go through that identity crisis when you're young. You lose your way a little bit. Maybe do some things you regret. I did. Probably some of you did too. But we're stronger for it when we get to our adulthood on the other side. So no, I don't think we're in decline. 
Okay, pausing here, I'll go back to Vivek. One of the things that he is trying to capture, one of the moods that he wants you to tap into is the city on a hill. Ever since Ronald Reagan won 49 states in a landslide presidential victory, Republicans have been trying to recapture that same magic. And part of that magic was, we're not a nation in decline. Our best days are ahead of us. It was a spirit of optimism. And I got to tell you, in 1979, that seems more believable than in 2023. In 1979, when Ronald Reagan gave his City on a Hill speech, I believe that people in the United States, in the core of their being, in their heart of hearts, really felt like, you know what? We can still do great things. Things aren't that Desperate. However, I think in 2023, that message, unfortunately, is going to fall flat. I don't think that people have the imagination to conceive that the United States of America can continue onward and still prosper in the future. I just don't see it. I personally don't see how we can prosper in the future. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a pessimist by nature. Depending on when I take the test, sometimes I'm I'm pre- predominantly sanguine and then with a strong streak of choleric, and sometimes I'm predominantly choleric with a strong sense of sanguiny. And for those of you who know the four temperaments, you will know that the sanguiny in me is not a pessimist. It's op- It's an optimist. It's joyful. It's joyful. Now, I would contend to my haters out there that I'm probably like 65 or 70% choleric and like 30% sanguini. Okay? That's not to look down on the sanguinis. It's just that I know a lot of sanguinis and I don't share a lot of their traits. I really don't. But even the choleric is not necessarily a pessimist. And I don't believe myself to be a pessimist. I've spent the vast majority of my life not as a conspiracy theorist. Not buying into any of this stuff. Not on Alex Jones. I'm not on 4chan. I'm not on the dark web. I haven't been reading about the Lusitania or the Gulf of Tonkin. For the vast majority of my life. And yet I sit here with you tonight, today, on the 20 in, in 2023, and I tell you, I don't think our greatest days are ahead. I really don't. And I don't think I'm alone. I don't think many of you think our greatest days are ahead. So here you have VeggieTales Vivek trying so hard to channel Ronald Wilson Reagan, but that but 
the the time for that is over. I I just want someone to tell the truth. Hey guys, we're in decline and we need to do something about it. Here's how we can carve things up. Here's how we can rearrange the deck chairs on the sinking Titanic. This ship is going down. And here's what you need to do to survive. Okay? I want a politician to come out and say that. The ship is sinking. I'm going to help you survive the sinking ship. Let's get on life rafts together. Let's get rescued and let's build a new nation together. I think that's the only honest opinion. And again, I'm not a pet. I'm by nature. I am not a pessimist, but I've looked at the data in terms of economics, politics, social, socioeconomics, demographics, Consumer spending. I mean, you look at any, you go anywhere, you go anywhere in any of the measurable statistics. Number uh, number of hours people are spending online. Single motherhood in the United States. Uh, wet births out of wedlock. Home ownership rates. Real income. GDP. I don't care where you go. It's hard to make the argument. That our best, that our better days are ahead of us. But let's get back to Vivek. Let him finish his thought because he says something that I want you to be um, ready for. I think we can still be in our ascent. Maybe the early stages of our ascent, actually. Look at it this way with me. Maybe we're not even at base camp on our way to wherever it is we're heading. Still a country where we look our kids in the eye and tell them in good conscience that the United States of America is still the nation where no matter who you are or where your parents came from or what your skin color is or how long your last name is (laughs) in some of our cases, that you get ahead in this country with your own hard work, your own commitment, your own dedication, And that, you know what, you're free to speak your mind at every step of the way. And if you're in one of those early voting states, even, you have a disproportionate effect on telling your neighbors and your classmates and your colleagues, too, in deciding who is actually going to be the next president that leads us forward. All right. So. Vivek Ramaswamy wants you to believe that anybody in this nation can do anything. That's what he wants you to believe. This is a mythology which has been transmitted from generation to generation. This is part of how the Republican Party has recruited people into their quote-unquote big tent. This was Reagan... At his core, this is a nation where if you work hard and you study and you get good grades, you go to a good school and you get a good job, you'll have a good life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, ask the millennials. Ask the Zoomers, the Gen Z. Oh, you just came out of college in the United States of America? And you now owe $200,000 in student loans? And you studied, what did you study? 
Oh, you study something really important like sociology. Awesome. Great. What are your career prospects? Oh, we don't know? Oh, goodness. And those are variable rate loans that you took out. Well, guess what? The Fed is raising rates. So sorry, your payments just doubled. Because now, mortgage loans are at 8%. So where do you think college loans are? 12? You'll be paying the interest on that debt for the rest of your life. Congratulations. Bravo. Now it's time for you to get a 17% car loan so that you can get a job in a city. Oh, can you buy a house? No, you can't. Can you start a family? No, you're not prepared to. Just start working. Oh, by the way, I recommend that you learn to code. Yes, I, I've heard that somewhere. Learn to code, eat the bugs, own nothing, be happy. I'm not into class warfare. That's a communist thing. I'm not into intergenerational warfare. That's a communist thing. Okay? It's a terrible thing. People do it. We shouldn't do it. That being said, to all the boomers out there who worked your way through college, got yourselves into a house for $26,000, you have rental houses, you have rental properties, you have lots of income, you have lots of wealth, that plan is not available anymore in these United States. Maybe it was true at some point in our, in our history that you could work hard, get good grades, study, go to a good school, get a good job, and have a good life. Ladies and gentlemen, that country is dead. It doesn't exist anymore. It does not exist anymore. And the sooner we reconcile with that, the sooner we come to terms with it, the sooner we finally admit it. I don't care where you are in your life. If you're, a, if you're a high net worth boomer that's sitting on passive income, plus your fixed income, and you're retired, and you were a janitor and you bought a house, I don't get... That's not a thing anymore. You can't be a janitor and raise 10 children on one income anymore in these United States. You can't do it. It's not possible. Some of you say, well, I did it. Why don't you do it? Because it's not possible, sir. It's not possible anymore in an age of fiat currency. It's not possible anymore in an age of fractional reserve lending, of usury everywhere, of devaluation of our currency, of the insidious secret tax that we all pay. It's not possible, sir. Don't give me your achievements. Look at your grandchildren's achievements or lack thereof and ask yourself, are they less smart? Are they less dedicated? Are they less working? Are they less committed? Maybe they are. Maybe they are all of those things. But wouldn't you be demoralized if homeownership was denied to you? If having a decent credit score was an elusive black box that you don't even know how the math works, you don't even have the ability to affect change and improve your own life. I'm sorry to get so upset 
in these final moments of the show. And I reiterate to you, this is not an attack on the greatest generation or the baby boomers. This is a plea for perspective. The reason the Democrats take power, the reason the left in this country is ascendant is because of the economics. It's because of the fact that millennials can't buy houses. They can't provide for their families. They can't start families. They can't pay their taxes. And the advice that they get from their elders of just work hard and save, it's not going to cut it. It doesn't work. And this is from a guy who admitted to you that that he has $600 shoes in his closet. I have $600 shoes in my closet, and I am here to tell you that my generation is screwed. And nobody on either political aisle is talking about it. You want to understand why Donald Trump won? You want to understand why Bernie Sanders was ascendant? You want to understand why there was a global populist movement? It is because we have witnessed the generations that have come before us that did have the America that Vivek Ramaswamy wants to describe. Where if you work hard and you keep your nose clean, you're going to do fine, kid. Well, guess what? That nation does not exist. It's dead. Rest in peace, the United States of America, the USSA, it's dead. That version of it is gone. So what do we do now? This is why I get so upset. I like Vivek. I like some of the things he says. But this Reagan bullshit, pardon my French, is fake. It's contrived. It is plastic. It is, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, it's not peer tested. It's, it's focus group tested. And you and I know the truth. You and I know that it's not real at all. There is no America like what he describes. What we need is a leader who says the truth. Just say the truth. That version of America is dead. Here's how we move forward. Here's what we do now. Here's how we can reclaim it. But you have to first admit the reality of today. You first have to admit the facts on the ground. You can't have a general fighting a war who refuses to admit the facts on the ground today in order to come up with a strategy for defeating the, the enemy tomorrow. If you're unwilling or incapable of admitting the fact that that version of America is dead today, then you're not worthy of being listened to. And now you know why I am so frustrated with Vivek Ramaswamy, the VeggieTales vegan. Because while he says some things that are great, this fake, phony, contrived, focus group version of reality, this I want to be want Ronald Reagan, Reagan is dead. And that country that he led is dead. 
Now can we have a conversation? This is Paratalk. Here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with me in my rant. God bless you, and I will see you tomorrow. Happy Halloween. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.